lesson is from Jude, verses 20 to 25. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have on mercy and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So, you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. A few words from our gospel lesson. Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. This Sunday brings us to the last Sunday of the church year. The church year is the way we read through the scriptures to try to get the whole counsel of God's teaching. In the process, we've walked through the life of Jesus from his birth to his resurrection to his ascension to his sending the apostles and the preaching of the gospel to the ends of the earth to his second coming and to now the last day. Normally the reading for this last Sunday would be Jesus' words about Judgment Day. The main reading is from Mark chapter 13, but an alternate reading, the one I read from John 18, is very interesting. It is a picture of Judgment Day, if you will, uh, but in reverse, as I'll explain in just a few moments. Let me just start by saying the trial of Jesus before Pontius Pilate was truly the second greatest trial that has ever occurred in this world. I'll get to the first one in a minute. But we are fascinated, aren't we, by trials. 
Just think about some of the famous trials that have occurred in the world. We, not long ago, celebrated the Reformation, which was a kind of celebration of Martin Luther's trial in 1521. Or we are fascinated by the injustices of the Salem Witch Trials of 1692, or of the Scopes Monkey Trial of 1925, or the Nuremberg Trials of 1945 to 1949. Our fascination with justice our deep yearning inside of ourselves that there would be justice and not injustice is one of the most important proofs for the existence of a divine creator, a God who created the reality of right and wrong. And it is that creator that we turn to in our yearning for that divine justice. Paul explains it this way in his letter to the Romans. He said that, they show the work of the law as written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So in a world that is mixed with justice and injustice and where people are constantly trying to get away with things, this creates what psychologists call con con uh, cognitive dissonance or what Paul calls conflicting thoughts that accuse or even excuse them. This shows that justice really is real. It is the reality of God. And in this second greatest trial that ever occurred on earth, the trial of Jesus before Pontius Pilate, we see a kind of mini-judgment day, a mini-judgment day in reverse before we took pictures electronically with cell phones and electronic cameras and video devices. We used to take them with cameras that used film that was chemically treated, that when the light hit it, it changed the image on that film. The only thing is we called it a negative because it was opposite. White was black and black was white, and it had to be transposed again in order to produce a beautiful picture. When we look at the trial of Jesus on Judgment Day, we are kind of looking at a negative of the last Judgment Day, the greatest trial that this world will ever see. But in Jesus' trial, what you see going on there is a world standing in judgment of God, a world bringing accusations against God by bringing them against the Son of God. The prosecutors were the Sanhedrin, the leaders of Israel at that time, but not just the Sanhedrin. They were backed by a mob of people, and together all of them really represent the entire world, including us, before we are converted, before we have repented of our sins. We are too a part of that mob as well. Jesus had no defense eternity, attorney, and actually he didn't really need one. I don't think anyone could have defended him any better than he was able to defend himself. Pilate was the presiding judge, and he questioned him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Then comes Pilate's famous question. 
A question that still echoes down through the centuries. What is truth? Now you and I know that if we were in a courtroom and a judge said, what is truth? (laughs) We know we're probably sunk. How in the world would anybody even find the truth if they don't even know what it is? But Pilate, struggling as he was, said he found no guilt in him. But the crowd wouldn't have it. And this shows us something really important about the world's justice. We like to believe that the law is really the authority of things in this world, but it isn't. The law is only the authority as it is interpreted and applied by those who are in power. In this case, it was a mob crying for blood. Paul, or I'm sorry, Pilate looked for a legal loophole. There was a tradition on the Passover to release one prisoner to the people. Pilate tried to release Jesus, but instead they cried for a notorious criminal by the name of Barabbas. Finally, in this second greatest trial that has ever happened in the world, Pilate gave in to the power of the mob. Jesus was flogged. Jesus was crucified and done to death. It was a mini judgment day. Everything in reverse. Everything wrong. Everything unjust. Which now brings us to what I'm calling the greatest trial on earth. And that trial is what we call judgment day. Listen to what the Bible says about judgment day. Paul says to the Corinthians, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, before him will be gathered all nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. As I said, in this world today, people think that those who have the power control the justice system themselves. And they can think that as long as they want. Their only terrible problem is they don't realize that they do not have ultimate power. Only God has that. And he will bring that down into this world and bring it to bear bringing true justice in this world in his own way and at his own time. This is why Jesus always urges us to be prepared for this trial right now. In the other alternate gospel reading from Mark chapter 13, Jesus stressed that no one knows that day or hour, which means we are always, as he says, to be watchful. And we should never approach that final and greatest judgment day, that trial that is above all trials in this world, with these kinds of defense arguments. One that is very common goes something like this. Defendant, well, I'm as good as the next guy. There are a lot of people that are worse than me. God, wrong. You're not being compared to other sinners. You're being compared to my holiness. Go and read Psalm 51, verse 4. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Second defense argument. Defendant. Well, you know, 
I've done really a lot of good things in my life. Shouldn't those good things somehow get me into heaven? God, wrong. You may have done some good things, but here's the problem. Good things don't undo bad things. Go and read Isaiah 64, verse 6. All our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. And here's probably the worst, the third defense that so many people think they're going to make on that day. God, I thought you were nice. Can't you just overlook my sins? God, you would make me a sinner if I were to do that. For those who don't care about sin are sinners themselves. Go and read Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. We need to be ready for this trial. And those defenses, man's defenses, will all fail horribly and miserably. But Jesus has given us another defense. A defense that rises up out of that other trial that happened in Jerusalem under the presiding judge Pontius Pilate. Because of that trial, our defense can sound like this, defendant. I am a poor, miserable sinner. I am sorry for all of my sins. And long ago, this world put Jesus, your son, on trial. He was punished for my sins. And he promised that his punishment would take away mine. I simply ask for your mercy. Have mercy on me and let me by my grace live as best as I can according to your will. God, I love my son and I have saved everyone who has died with him in repentance. You have read Romans 6 verse 4. For we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too shall walk in newness of life. So our preparation for Judgment Day is that defense of repentance and of forgiveness. And this is one of the most important things we can think about on a day like this as we think about Judgment Day and our own being prepared for it. But there's one more important thing for us to remember, another great lesson to consider on this last Sunday of the church year as we thought about all the things that Jesus went through in his life and all the things the church has gone through in its history here on earth. It finally comes down to this as well. Judgment Day serves another great purpose. And that is when we see the evil and the insanity that goes on in this world every day, a world that is still, by and large, putting Jesus and God on trial. A world that says, in some cases, Jesus is evil. In other cases, we'll turn Jesus into whatever we imagine him to be. Or thirdly, those who say he never really existed at all. And under that threefold banner of false religion, the world carries on with all kinds of malpractice and evil. As Paul says, suppressing the truth, lying, deceiving, rewarding wrong, and punishing good. Or as Paul said as well in his first chapter of Romans, we live in a foolish, 
faithless, heartless, ruthless world. And when we see all of these things going on, when we see injustices occurring, it is tempting for us to despair and perhaps even to think, maybe I should just jump in and get what I can out of this world. Every time we see some evil act, some flaunting of the law of God, some brazen injustice, we need to just remember four simple words. Judgment day is coming. And we don't have to be concerned about these injustices to the point of despair ourselves, but rather be concerned of our own defense, to be concerned of that forgiveness, that that trial of Jesus under Pontius Pilate and that punishment of the cross as one for us. Daniel said, chapter 12, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. We need to be those stars of the light of God's justice and forgiveness and mercy in this world that others may see it, find it, and find that same defense for themselves on that last day. It is for us now to trust in God's mercy, to devote ourselves to the good works that God has prepared for us to walk in them until Jesus comes again. That second greatest trial, the trial of Jesus before Pontius Pilate, is often called Good Friday. And what an interesting title for that. It really is a good day because God took the injustice of that trial through the righteousness of his own son to bring forgiveness for the whole world and to prepare us for that greatest of all trials on the last day. What a beautiful reality we have in the justice but also in the justification of God in Jesus. Amen. Please rise.